Welcome to Life Beat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Rights Life of Michigan's struggling director of education and communication. Joining us today is our education and events coordinator, the non-struggling Emily Kroll. Emily. I wouldn't say non-struggling. <laughs> it's Friday. It is it Friday? It is Friday. Mm -hmm. It's the weekend. It's almost Christmas. Um, so yeah, everyone should be in a good mood. It's the end of 2020, right? Praise the Lord. Right. So uh, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about California. It's never a happy subject. We're going to talk about Vermont. Usually not a happy subject either, but in this case, some good things. But first, let's talk about the Michigan March for Life, if you want to call it that. Uh, so in Michigan, we're going to have a statewide rally and march. And it, it will be January 27th. That's a Wednesday in Lansing at 1 p.m. So, Emily, um, it's a first for us. We've had, not that we haven't had, we have statewide events. Uh, you know, we have our statewide conference. We have our statewide legislative day in Lansing. Um, we have had, uh, we had Life Lobby Day to help get a bill passed a couple of years ago. But... One thing that Rights Life Michigan has not done is had kind of a, in a long time, a very long time, is had kind of a rally at the Capitol. And for good reason, uh, Ingham County Right to Life every year. So well, well, let's take that a step back. So in January is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. It's the annual memorial of uh, Roe versus Wade on January 22nd. And so a lot of our Rights Life Michigan affiliates across the state have various events. Some of them are on that Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Uh, some are on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton. Um, and some are just around there. All sorts of events. Rallies, marches, uh, memorial services, um, all sorts of things to just bring attention to another year of legalized abortion, uh, the cost of human life, and then uh, with Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, the sanctity and value of every human life. And so every year, Ingham County Right to Life uh, does this, and they have their event at the Capitol, um, but it's not, you know, there's not thousands of people there, it's just, you know, uh, just local Ingham County people, so, you know, hundreds at most um, for this rally in January at the Capitol. But, Emily, this year is... <laughs> Different. Fill in the blank. Different. <laughs> well, use the kind term, different. Uh, different doing a lot of work there. Um, and the March for Life is still going on in D.C. And some of our affiliates are still going. Grand Rapids Right to Life always has a huge bus trip. They take, man, 15, I don't know, a, a ridiculous amount of buses down on the March for Life. They even do some trips for the other affiliates and areas in the state. Because uh, the lady who runs that is uh, works for the bus company and knows everything in and out, and she's done it for years. Uh, our affiliate in Sanilac County, you know, in the Thumb area, is having a March for Life, but that's a trip to the March for Life, but that's it. The others, we usually have four, five, sometimes six affiliates going, um, sometimes several affiliates banding together to go, uh, have canceled trips. And it's because of the coronavirus and the restrictions 
Now you might think, well, coronavirus doesn't shut down a freeway. You can still drive from Michigan to Washington, D.C. But, you know, for example, uh, is there going to be a hotel room there for you? If you're taking one of the red-eye trips where that's where people, I don't know why they do it, even though technically I take a red-eye trip every year, but they travel overnight, go to the uh, March for Life, and then um, they will come back overnight on a bus sleeping, which doesn't, for me, happen. It's brutal, but when you get there, Emily, in Washington, D.C., and it is... 8 a.m. in the morning because your bus made great time and didn't get caught in the snowstorm unworldly traffic nightmare that is the beltway and the commute into dc Ugh. amongst snowstorms and other travel hazards um and you get there early and the march doesn't start for three hours and oh the president's coming so you can't get in the area with the porta potties because it's being not that the president's coming this year um but uh, you know, you can't get in, you can't get pre-screened, you know, whatever. You gotta find something to do for three or four hours. Um, There's wanna not go much. to the Smithsonian? Closed. You wanna go in a restaurant? Closed. Where are you gonna use a bathroom? Some of, I hear some of the metro stops are closed. Uh, you know, that ever fun and dangerous Washington metro system. Um, so that's a lot of logistical problems to handle, you know, uh, dumping people outside for three hours, perhaps in sub-zero, not sub-zero, sub-freezing temperature, um, with nowhere to go, to the bathroom, or warm up. It doesn't sound like a lot of fun. It doesn't, but there's still going to be people that go, and that's the important thing. But for the rest of you, one, I would encourage you to go to your affiliate event if they're holding a, a souls event so uh you can go to the website rtl.org uh, a lot of our affiliates that are having events have let us know so we added their events on our website so you can see details on that um, and i encourage you to go to those because none of them are scheduled for the 27th so uh, ingham county right to life is we're technically co-sponsoring the event with Ingham County Right to Life and Protect Life Michigan, which works with all of the college groups, um, all the pro-life college groups in Michigan. And so we're combining it together and we scheduled it on this 27th, so it's not messing up anyone's event or uh, most of the March for Life trips um, from Michigan. You know, the March for Life is that Friday. So, um, this is available for everyone, and we want everyone to come. Uh, and I can't tell you exactly what that event's going to look like yet um, for a couple different reasons. Governor Whitmer be <laughs> being one of them. But uh, we're not quite sure on speakers and whatnot. we got to firm all those details up. But I can tell you, Wednesday, January 27th, Lansing at the Capitol at 1 p.m., we will be there and lots of us will hopefully lots of college students will come because um, protect like michigan had to cancel their bus trip they usually take three buses so i mean it's a lot of people who don't have a national march for life trip to go to and you haven't been in the march for life yet have i you? have not all right well this wasn't your year <laughs> no no this was not my year <laughs> uh, um it's that's a great thing and we'll talk about that um 
when we get there, even though I won't be there th this year, I go almost every year. The last year I missed was that horrible snowstorm and our bus trip got canceled. Uh, and that was miserable. Um, but I, I, I actually love, I love Washington, D.C. I love the area. Not necessarily all the people who sadly support abortion running our government there. Um, but I just enjoy it. And for the last four years, we've had the Trump administration t has taken it really seriously and gone beyond just recording a phone message that's played over the loudspeakers. They've attended uh, President Trump, Mike Pence, members of the administration. Um, and this year it's going to be different because it's going to be President Joe Biden. When's the inauguration? The 20th. Or okay. is it the 21st? It, yeah, it's probably around there. I know... Um, Unlike some of these other protests for the March for Life, uh, they go through and get like permits and stuff. And, and that's too, uh, you know, if you go to the March for Life, you're not going to see, um, the only place you're going to tell that the march was there after the fact was the, uh, the little waste bins on the National Mall will be full of cheap signs. <laughs> um, other than that, there won't be garbage, nothing will be trampled, uh, no buildings will be burned down, no one will be beat up, uh, no one's house will be uh, assaulted, no one's uh, eyes, will, retinas will be scarred by laser pointers, and all the other lovely things all these other people protest do. Um, it's peaceful. Actually, legitimately peaceful. Legitimately peaceful, um, and... Uh, you know, the worst thing that's happened at the March for Life is uh, Nick Sandman, you know, stood there and tried not to offend anyone for a half hour and had to go through. Still, we got attacked for that, you know. Yeah, still got, but Nick won that fight eventually, so good on him. He, he did, but, you know, that's that's the two different rules, you know. If you're a protester in support of abortion, yeah, go burn down things, it's fine. Uh, you know, if you're a pro-life protester, you know, um, you know, don't even, don't, don't stand there with an awkward look on your face. That's wrong. You should go to jail. Your life should be over, you high school kid. <laughs> Just standing there getting yelled at by adults. Oh, it's ridiculous. We want to talk about triggered. That's how I triggered already in the uh, office this morning. And yeah, it's been a weird you day. triggered me before we started and I'm triggered again. I'm going to start. <laughs> Trigger a warning. Trigger warning. We should put that on your door. I need a safe space. Get me my coloring book. <laughs> Okay, so Lansing Rally. Be there, and we'll see you there. Um, all right, let's talk about some news items, because there are a few, even though we're kind of in that weird time before Christmas where lots of stuff doesn't happen. Um, last week, you know, we talked about the vaccines. That's obviously still going on. Again, if you want information on that, go to our website, rtl.org. We have an article with details on which vaccines were created or developed using uh, cell lines from aborted babies and which weren't. Um, but uh, the Trump administration is still at work. And let's go first to California. You want to tell, you want, you want to do that one? Just kind of explain the basics. I can give the brief synopsis. So the state of California for quite a while now has been ignoring federal conscience rights laws and forcing um, individuals and religious organizations to pay 
in their health insurance policies for elective abortions. So um, this is this is not a new issue that we've had with the state of California. Um, they have been issued multiple warnings um, from the Trump administration, and and um, they have ignored and ignored and ignored those warnings. Um, which shows you how much they care about conscience rights for individuals and pro-life people and churches. And so um, this week, the Trump administration has handed down an edict, essentially, that they are going to penalize California for ignoring the rights of its citizens and withhold their Medicaid, or Medi Medicaid funding. Um, through the federal government until they start recognizing conscience rights, which is a good thing, um, and it's very encouraging to see to see that finally happened. It's a little disappointing that it's coming so late. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so this fine is for it's per quarter. It may only be levied for one quarter, and the Biden administration may find a way to put it back because. Um, the rules aren't so important to them. Uh, so the specific, uh, if you want to look it up, it's the Weldon Amendment that covers this issue. And uh, the Weldon Amendment was specifically includes uh, insurance carriers as part of the protected class uh, of many people. And we'll talk about the Church Amendment involving uh, Vermont in a minute. But um, it's important to know that federal law on so many levels is broadly protective of conscience rights of pro-life people. Um, you know, insurance companies can't force, state can't force people to pay for uh, abortion in that way. Um, now states can force people, the one way they can force people to pay for abortions directly is through their state Medicaid programs. Federally, we have the Hyde Amendment, which prevents federal taxpayers from paying for most abortions. So states can do it through tax dollars. But because the Weldon Amendment specifically insured, uh, includes insurance companies and whatnot, you know, states cannot force people to pay out of pocket for uh, abortions like California has been doing. And California doesn't care. Um, I saw Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, who, by the way, can't even keep the power on in his state, um, and, and they thought Gray Davis was bad. Uh, Gray out Davis. Anyway, um, a little reference there. Uh, before the good old days of Arnold. Um, he tweeted, uh, basically, this is terrible, and they're taking away health care during the pandemic, and we're going to crush the patriarchy. He said patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Health insurance. So, Emily, <laughs> Emily, do you feel like I am imposing a patriarchy on you when I say that you shouldn't be forced to pay for abortions? No. No. Do I need to apologize for my patriarchal, uh, patriarchalness? Uh, I think they should apologize <laughs> for their delusion. <laughs> it, it's, it's completely ridiculous, one, to force people with legitimate conscious concerns to pay for something illegally, um, and then to to excuse your illegal behavior by saying that you are fighting the patriarchy, which is essentially what Governor Newsom did. He said, oh, well, we're doing this illegally, but the patriarchy. It, it should not work that way. Um, there's, I'm sure, a lot of people 
who just don't know what's going on. Uh, they don't know federal law and they don't know state law. But they're going to see that, oh, Governor Newsom said we're fighting the patriarchy, so let's get our pitchforks and let's fight this this evil patriarchy that's trying to take away our abortion procedures. It's really just ridiculous. You know, Emily, there's a simple way California can get all that money back. Stop breaking the law! I won't finish the rest of that. Um, <laughs> to quote Jim Carrey. Uh, it's really simple. Stop, mm -hmm. you know, stop attack, you know. Leave the nuns alone. Please. Leave the nuns alone. Leave the leave the pro-lifers alone. Half of the country is pro-life. You know, if if you now maybe you're listening to this and you support abortion and you are gluttons for punishment and you just listen to us because you like getting mad at us. Uh, and thank you for doing that, by the way. We appreciate you. Um, but you know, if you want to use the title pro-choice. To define yourself then at a minimum to be considered I think honest as a human being in your beliefs you would have to believe that you cannot force other people to participate in an abortion if you want to be pro-choice then everyone should have that choice the choice just shouldn't be I get to have an abortion and I get to force everyone else around me to make that happen that's not choice, that's coercion. And in this case, California, by threat and penalty of law, is coercing their citizens to directly pay for and make these abortions happen. Um, again, which is a farce because California already does that through tax dollars and forcing them to pay for abortions. Uh, so <laughs> it's like... It's like, we're going to force you to pay for abortions this way. If you don't like that, we're going to force you to pay for it in another way. Even though it's against federal law to do that, specifically. Because the Weldon Amendment, as we said, specifically includes, it was written to include, insurance coverage. It's in there. This is not some sort of vague interpretation. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Biden administration and California's fine going on. But... Uh, you know, this started uh, before the Trump administration, and uh, the Barack Obama administration in no way cared. One brief little side point on that. So back when Obamacare is being uh, debated, and the pro-life Democrats were holding the entire law up because they refused to do it without basically putting the Hyde Amendment in there, um, President Obama got Bart Stupak from Michigan and a few other pro-life Democrats to vote for Obamacare through this flimsy promise of an executive order that says, oh no, you know, the money, the money and insurance will be separate and people won't be forced to pay for abortions. Now, we know that that's not what happened because uh, some states, the only insurance plan you could buy in the exchange included abortion. In fact, there was many states um, and this accounting gimmick, this executive order set up was stupidly pointless and unenforced. But, I mean, you could tell the Obama administration was never serious about it. I mean, anyone with half a... So I don't understand why Bart Stupak fell for it. Um, but you, you could tell the Obama administration wasn't serious about it. And so when California says, oh, we're just going to force everyone to pay for abortions through health care, um, I not entirely sure. I think it was a state agency, one of their state health agencies decided that uh, abortion was an essential benefit and had to be covered. Um, the Obama administration didn't care. 
They didn't care what the Weldon Amendment said. They don't care what their little fig leaf executive order said. You know, abortion supporters are never going to be honest and upfront. And um, anything that they sell as some sort of safeguard or protection or whatnot, um, or it's taken care of, it's always the opposite. Smoke and mirrors. 101% of the time, it's always the opposite. we got to go even more than 100%. Uh, so shame on you, California. And if you don't like it, then stop breaking the law. Real simple. All right, let's move on to uh, Vermont. And uh, you want to say it again since uh, you're the one that We're going to continue over. on the string of conscience rights and protecting, uh, pro protecting people's First Amendment, essentially their First Amendment rights. Um, Vermont, so the Department of Health and Human Services... Uh, has recommended to the Department of Justice to bring a suit against the, I think it's the University of Virginia Medical Center. Vermont. Vermont, not Virginia. Vermont, my bad, all those V states. Um, that all seem to be very pro-abortion. Anyway, um, essentially what the hospital did was they tricked a nurse into being a part of an elective abortion procedure, even though she was specifically on the list of conscientious objectors. So um, it sounds kind of crazy and like, well, how can you force a person to be involved in this? Um, what they did is they told her that it was a after a mis miscarriage DNC procedure. So sometimes after a miscarriage, there are still, there's a little bit of fetal matter that's left. And remember, a miscarriage is not an abortion. Um, it's just, it's spontaneous. We still don't know a lot of the time what causes miscarriages, but sometimes there's something left over and you have to go in and take out the, remain, the remainder of the baby that unfortunately didn't make it. So they told this nurse that there was a miscarriage and they needed to go clean it up. And um, they put her, she was in the room, she was there to assist the doctor. She, which she clearly has no, no objection to because it's not abortion. Because it's not an abortion. And um, she gets into the room and the doors are closed, everything's sealed off for the medical procedure. And remember, this is at a hospital. Um, and she walks in and finds out, wait a minute, this is an elective abortion procedure. There was no miscarriage. This woman is still pregnant. There is a living baby inside of her, and they're trying to force me to do an elective abortion. So, of course, she objected. She said, I don't agree with this. Um, the doctors refused to relieve her. They barred her from exiting the room and essentially made her stand there and watch them abort a baby in front of her. And, um, uh, dilatation and curatage, taking a curette and chopping the baby up bit by bit. Bit by bit. So, I don't know about you, Chris, but I would be incredibly traumatized by that experience. I would be too. And it is, should never happen because, no. as I mentioned before, the church amendment specifically says you cannot force uh, pro-life doctors and nurses to perform abortions. That's a clear federal law, just like the Weldon Amendment. Um, there's a third one. I'm not even thinking of there's broad conscience rights that protect the rights of these people um, not to be forced to do it. And so uh, this hospital system was totally in the wrong. And the Department of Health and Human Services said to them, you need to take care of this and you need to amend your policy. And they said, no, we don't care. We don't care. Um, and so, uh, 
I hope they get sued into oblivion. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. So, yeah, um, it's with the Department of Justice now. Um, and we'll see what the Department of Justice goes forward to do about the case. And hopefully there will be justice because it's the Department of Justice, which we can have varying degrees on how just they are. But in this case, please, um, we need to have the conscience rights of pro-life people protected as much as we can and you cannot force um, just like in California it's against the law to force people to pay for insurance that covers abortions it's also illegal in every part of the country to force a medical professional to be involved in abortion when they do not want to be if again this is why we don't use the term pro-choice. This is why we use the term pro-abortion. Because if you uh, want to claim that you support all choices in every choice, then that means that a nurse shouldn't be forced to cut up a baby. I mean, this is at a basic level of choice and autonomy and blah, blah, blah. Um, if you believe that doctors and nurses and people should be forced to participate and help make abortions happen and do everything in their power possible to make, give you a free abortion, then what you're wanting is not a right to choice. You're wanting an affirmative right to an abortion that overrides every other matter of conscience. Um, and so you are pro-abortion. And if that describes you, then that's the label and you better own it because people shouldn't be forced to take someone's life. Um, you know, Emily, national defense is like the number one purpose of our government. It is the one thing the government can actively force you to do in America, um, you know, is to sign up if you're a man, a young man to register for the draft and in federal law, you are part of the militia and can be called up in, a, in case of a national emergency. That's the one thing, that's the one deal, uh, political compact or co social contract, whatever you want to call it in America, that if you want to be a citizen, um, if you're an able-bodied young man, then, then you, the government has the right to force you to help defend the country. But Emily, even though this is the one area the government has an active ability to force you to compel you to engage in activity um, and is in law to do that, we, we have conscientious objectors. Who would have thought? Even if the, 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 the lives of people are at risk and the nation's defense is at risk, we still allow people who do not want to engage in it to object. Um, and that is not just a religious objection, but I, I do believe uh, that is an ethical objection yes. as well. It's not just a religious dimension. And that's an important thing, too, when we talk about conscience rights is, you know, I know they try to make religious liberty to be a bad word, but this isn't uh, a conflict with religion. This is a basic conflict of ethics. Um, you can be a member of absolutely no church and still object to being forced to cut up a baby. Um, I think everyone should recognize that. So uh, conscious rights are important. They're in federal law. The Trump administration has been doing a good job. Not necessarily, you know, California, they could have moved quicker. But in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the staff in these departments were actively pursuing these cases 
um, that's going to change because Joe Biden doesn't give a flip about your conscience rights as a pro-life citizen and neither will anyone in his administration, which is going to be 100%, I can guarantee you, hardcore pro-abortion. Um, you know, if Bernie Sanders gets raked over the coals for endorsing a mayor who isn't pro-abortion one time, that happened a few years ago, there's no way they're going to let Joe Biden um, get away with anything. And as we talked about in the previous podcast with, uh, you know, California Attorney General Becerra, his pick for the Department of Health and Human Services. So the person enforcing these laws, the Weld Amendment, the Church Amendment, is going to be a guy who wants to throw pro-lifers in jail. So there you go. Elections well, have consequences. Welcome to 2021. Welcome We're to moving 2021. on. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks for our special January edition of Faith in Life.